E3. 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 Justin, we finally made it. We made it big. Woo. The it's old happened. hitbox, the old hitbox has burned to the ground. And oh. we em- have emerged what? from the ashes as oh. hitbox the stars of E3 2021. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some may say I we're know. the kings of E3. <laughs> Uh, that's you know some people are saying it i'm not saying it because i like to be humble uh all over twitter i mean it was trending earlier today hashtag hitbox are the kings of e3 um truly a magnificent title uh that i will wear with with pride uh it's e3 and we made it and i think that's kind of cool if if you're not familiar if you're wondering today's saturday why is there a new hitbox? Well, you didn't listen last week. Um, and maybe, well, maybe if you did listen, you didn't check our Twitter for updates. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing E3 coverage today, tomorrow, the next day, and the day after. So you're getting four hitboxes of varying lengths and um, energy levels. I'm going to say we're going to be tired by the end of this. Uh, yeah, more but regardless, the quality of now. this is going to be high. It's going to be through the roof. The quality, of course. high. What we're talking about after today, maybe not so high. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll see. If today, Justin, if today had, meant anything for the next few days, maybe I don't feel good. But there yeah. are some um, there's some shining things on the horizon, particularly tomorrow. I'm excited for Xbox to see what they got cooking. I'm excited to see what's up with Bethesda and Square Enix. I think it'll be um, a good time. In the meantime, this is Hitbox. Welcome back to Hitbox episode, huh? Um, this is, <laughs> uh, we'll do, we'll do episode 47. If you weren't aware, not this upcoming Thursday, but it'll be out the Thursday afterwards for now, we're going to be covering E3 and today we saw some things from E3 and also we're going to talk a little bit about summer games fest and a handful of other gaming announcement things. Uh, before we get into that. Justin, I do want to talk to you about what the E3 experience has been like so far for us on the media end of it. How have you sort of found the whole experience? And I, I am electing I'm, I'm going to elect you to not curse out the ESA. I don't want to curse them out. No, I want to I, I, I want to say like my level of expectations and hype versus what reality is. And I, I wonder if this is like with anything in the world, because uh I get a phone call from uh, Peter earlier this week uh, being like, check your email. So I check my email and oh my goodness, we were approved to be media at E3. And I was like, can you, can you believe it? We tricked him. What? We tricked him. That's, yeah. <laughs> and like, like part of it was like this like false imposter syndrome for a second. I'm like, wait a second. Does that mean we're actually something? We're, we're real? We fell out this application? We got accepted? Yeah. Um, and basically they gave this... Uh, and I think right now, any one of you listening can register for the same thing that we got access to. Yes. I, I think point. it's open for anyone now. Yeah. So we get to the official E3 website. We uh, created an account that we got a login for because of Hitbox. And we got to make an avatar. Just like a, what else? like making a me and 
yeah, that was it. It was kind of like being on a website, like while it was being made, because like <laughs> there's certain features just like didn't work. They, they basically tried to make like a social media account for E3 where like creators and media outlets and, and whoever could add each other so they could be talking and make connections to try and simulate. I mean, like the, the cause is good. Like the, the yeah. thought that yeah. went into it is is not entirely misguided where like, you know, people come to these events to network and to meet people and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's hard to do that on a platform that doesn't really exist. Yeah. You know? And like we were trying to add each other. Oh, <laughs> on it was a, it was this a process. Website. And yeah. there's no way to just search for a friend or you had to literally scroll through the alphabet to like <laughs> get to the person you wanted to add as a friend. Uh, and then once once you had that person's like like accepted them, that was fine. But like to get to that point, it was just like it was very backwards. And I, again, I, I understand like the the need to have some kind of place to have everything put together. Um, right. I just wish it was either set up a little bit better because some some vendors had like legitimate like things posted with NDAs about stuff that like, this is what we're going to have in our booth. If you'd like to, to find out more about it, contact us. But then you had like the big companies like Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, yeah. IGN, even like the media companies. It was just nothing there. Um, and, you know, again, I'm not blaming E3 because like a lot of like when people are trying to put these digital conferences, try to have a place for people to hang and be together. But it's always just a hard, hard thing to do in this in this in this uh, thing. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm still forevermore uh, was able to cover E3 as a member of the press, <laughs> which is insane. I mean, like, the, like, here's the thing, not not to get too sappy, but like thinking back to when we started this. Well, we just started this, I don't know, to hang out and talk about games. I mean, mainly to talk about The Last of Us Part Two, But, like, <laughs> after that, like, we were talking about the release of the PS5 and the, the Series X. I mean, not even the release. The, like, uh, when they, like, revealed it all. So, um, to, to think that some 46-odd episodes later we would be actually <laughs> at E3, so to speak, is, is pretty fun and, and pretty cool. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the actual events. Uh, I, when we say E3, it is a little bit of a shorthand for just this whole E3 season. So we are also looking at the in, like sort of independent press conferences happening outside of E3, as well as uh, the Summer Games Fest hosted by Jeff Keighley, which is sort of like his E3, which is kind of interesting. Um, I think that that's talking about like why that exists and what it exists for is sort of uh, an interesting talking point not for this episode but um they opened the summer games fest 2021 with jeff Keeley uh doing a whole lot of presenting on different games and there was a lot of stuff in there i mean you had some big name actors showing up uh, uh who's the guy from <laughs> jurassic park he was in thor uh ragnarok as well jeff, jeff goldblum, goldblum. Yep, there it is. Uh, he showed up to announce uh, another Jurassic Park Evolution game, which I was like, oh, uh, I thought you would yeah, have more congrats. to say. A few things caught my eye in particular. The first thing is Death Stranding Director's Cut. Um, so Death Stranding is coming to the PS5, which means I'm probably going to play it when that Director's Cut comes out. Uh, and and the reason that is so intriguing to me is because Hideo Kojima himself showed up and talked to Jeff Keighley for a little bit, which was fun. Uh, and he's such a weird, like weird is the wrong word for it. E eccentric, maybe developer, uh, director, creative, um, that having, letting him have 
a like director's cut of something, I think <laughs> I think you are more likely to get cooler stuff and more different stuff than what was in the original base game. I think because I didn't play the base game, I might be able to appreciate that less. But, um, you know, if this is the game that he wanted to make exactly how he wanted to make it, I think that's going to be kind of cool. I think two things to that. First, I don't yeah. care what they would do differently. I, I, it would find it hard for me to want to go back and start that game from the beginning. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I enjoyed that game. I highly recommend people playing that game. Um, but, like, I don't know if that's a game I ever want to play again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I enjoy my time with it. I've done it. I've beat it. I don't need to go back and, like, do another, like, side thing. Um, but in terms of, like, what the director's cut is, I'm assuming it's, like, that's just a different name for like game of the year because like i don't know exactly like what he necessarily would cut at his own studio because i'm sure place uh sony was just like hey you know what just do Do what you want to do hideo yeah he has some money do it uh and then he did it uh but i was really as i was watching that whole thing i was very confused as to what was happening because it was a very clear like joke metal gear Solid. solid yes and it was like so meta, but like also I'm like, what are they trying to do here? Is Snake going to be in Death Stranding? Are they going to be making like why was that the the thing that they they chose to do to like tease the game? Other than the fact that it's like, hey, I'm Hideo Kojima and I uh, have uh, uh, made Metal Gear. Yeah. However, if it is going to, oh, I was going to say, if it's going to be more of like a stealthy thing and they're going to kind of change the gameplay to be more like stealth and like that that's strange for a game about delivering packages, like if you haven't played it, but I think a game like that could actually work with the, with the mechanics that the game has. So I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see what they would do with like a less of a carrying more of like a sneaking kind of game, but. Sure. I know what you mean though about like, now, upon reflection saying, yeah, I forgot that he is. It's just Kojima Studios now. Like he just gets to make the games he wants to make. So I, I will be curious to see. That might not be like a buy right away thing for me. It might be to wait and see and see what else is coming out. Cause was there a date on that? Not uh, it's not this year, so. is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't know when it is. Um, um, but uh, I think it, it's. I think the director's cuts also kind of a joke about what happened with Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, that's right. Cause he did not. He was he was not super stoked with it, right, or something like that. Right. They kind of forced him to finish it. Um, right before it was what he wanted and that's why you have the game that it ends but like there's more to it and like a lot of like what could have been uh would have been really interesting um but they just never got to that and nor do i think they're ever going to get to that considering where kojima is nowadays yeah so i do think that was pretty big um and in terms of like an announcement i would say yeah i when he showed up i like audibly was like oh, oh hey <laughs> was there was there anything else because i want to we're going to talk about elden ring in a second but was there anything else in there that that really caught your eye uh, i mean it, it was just kind of like death by a thousand cuts I, I would say nothing like stood out to me on it about being like oh my god this is amazing but there's a lot of stuff being like hey i could see potentially myself wanting to play this um, yeah. uh, you know, the mentioning Dark Alliance being on Game Pass, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't quite 100% know what Monster Hunter Stories 1 or 2 is, but like, for some reason, when I was watching Monster, Monster Hunter Stories 2, the demo for it, I was like, wait, or the, the trailer for it, I was like, would this be something I like? And the answer is probably yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. I think it's like a turn-based, it's turn-based, I think, or maybe the first one was. It's like a... 
it's an anime RPG. Like, hey, that's, yeah, that's there, a there's anime characters. I was like, okay, I got this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what the about you? Anything else that was the Anacrusis? It's made by some Valve people, and and it's like Left 4 Dead on a spaceship uh, with, with sort of like alieny kind of guys. It, it, it looks, it's got a unique art style. It's not going for like a realistic thing. It's sort of like the minimal. You know how like in are you familiar with Star Trek really at all? Uh, enough that I can hold a conversation that isn't going to make me embarrassed. Excellent. You know how in Star Trek they kind of go with like very minimal design of like clothes mm-hmm. and like a lot of their like technology and stuff, yeah. sort of like that, um, where it has a clear art direction and art style, but it's not it, that that style and direction is like sort of minimalist. And, and I thought it was kind of interesting looking. Um, and, uh, it. uh, it's uh the the fact that it is going to be on game pass at launch is also going to be the perfect thing for a type of game like that yeah yeah and then you know what that does is in the future if that studio puts out something else that is not on game pass day one it's like oh uh check that out if it ends up being yeah. uh, good was that about it for you yeah, I mean, yeah, there are uh, a few like little things here and there. A lot of like just seeing uh, trailers I've seen before, um, yeah. but yeah, it was it was it was fine, and it would have been just extremely average if it wasn't for the big get announcement they got. Yeah, so Elden Ring, the game for the gamers, is coming in January. 2022 i think it's like two or three days before pokemon legends arceus comes out which uh it's gonna be a tough choice for a lot of people i think um <laughs> so elden ring if you're not familiar first of all how second of all it's the next game from from software brought to you who made uh dark souls and sekiro and bloodborne and all that and people have been going nuts for this game since they revealed it in i think 2019 or 2018 and basically there's been like no news no updates on this up until now now that they have a release date for it, uh, I know we are like, I think this is a weird way to describe this. I personally am like a very casual Dark Souls fan where like I, I play them until I get my money's worth out of it. And then I sort of peace out. You're sort of the same way, right? Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Like I it, it, and it's sad because like in my head, I keep saying like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to beat Dark Souls one this time. Right. And then I don't. <laughs> um I, the only dark the souls born game i ever beat was bloodborne and i think that's because oh. it was a little bit more user-friendly um sure but. i beat uh, dark souls 3 that was my first one and uh i got apparently the bad ending i mm. didn't know i was mm. making choices <laughs> i didn't know there were things yeah, but did you like there's like, like did you eat the three umbilical cords to make the sun the the the, the the moon presence disappear that's bloodborne it like you literally have to oh, eat okay. like like some uh, umbilical cords. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. But Elden Ring <laughs> I'm not okay, I'm not trying to be contrarian. And I'm not trying to say that like what I uh, I understand that people are very excited for this game. I'm not trying to take anything away from those people who are very excited. However, to me, this looks like just some Dark Souls. Just just Dark Souls with a horse goat that can double jump. Uh, and people are like kind of losing their minds over the trailer and i get again i get it it's exciting and it is exciting and it's a huge game but to me i'm kind of like you've already played that though like looking at it to me didn't seem like it was changing anything up in a really major way other than maybe being more open world it seemed do you know what i'm saying um 
I I saw glimpses of what could be a pretty unique game in there, though I don't okay. know if that's what they're gonna do with it. Um Yeah. Like for me, like I'm hoping this game is an open world game in the vein of Breath of the Wild. Hmm. That you are discovering things on a much more kind of like open basis in random orders and not you're not like funneled through a certain path like you are in, in um, uh, Dark Souls games. Because Dark Souls are essentially like a like a 3D kind of Metroidvania kind of game for the most part. Like you open right. the paths, walk around, explore, um, find secrets and everything. Uh, but like this one, it just seemed like to have a little bit more of this open feel to it. Like you're on a horse, meaning that there's probably like a lot of like space to get around. Um, yeah. Some of the battles were on horses and some of the things you were fighting looked massive. Not that you don't see that in any uh, thing of souls before, but they look like kind of massive. And that's where yeah. it gave me the second thing of uh, that. It could were giving me vibes of shadow of the classes. So if sure. we're talking about um, on, on just alone, if you have a breath of the wild game that has combat and bosses like a souls game, to me, ten out of ten. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think the one thing I, the one thing I hate about Breath of the Wild is just the combat doesn't feel like great. It, right. It's not the focus. It's fine. For sure. It's, yeah, it's okay. But, um, but if you had that kind of like Dark Souls thing, whenever you die, it's like because like you did something wrong, or you just feel like you're more in control of it. But mm-hmm. what if you have the like Shadow of the Colossus, like these massive bosses at different parts of the map that you have to beat? Um, that also might be something that that's pretty uh, interesting if they do that. Um, and I'm just hoping that maybe also the story is better. I mean, they brought in a writer. Right. Like a, like an author writer. Sure. I guess if you I call mean, him that, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about game of Thrones. Uh, I just uh, know the, the, the TV show is better than the books until the TV show kept going. And then the, People might not like that I said that, but I, I do think the 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 fourth and the fifth book, book especially aren't too hot. But all uh, right, I have no way of knowing if that's controversial <laughs> or not. But it seems it seems like it might be. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk more about Elden Ring in the future, so I'm good to move on. Do you have any other thoughts on it? Uh, I wonder what the younger ring looks like. <laughs> Justin, you're doing jokes, okay? Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're doing jokes. Well done. All right. Uh, do you want to? very quickly go over your thoughts on like Gorilla Collective and Wholesome Direct and all that? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, another thing, it was another part of the Summer Game Fest. They had a Day of the Devs that happened um, right after the oh, opening yes, kickoff. Um, there's a couple interesting things there, and I don't want to go too deep into it because a lot of the other stuff that was brought up in this was brought up in later conferences. Um, but uh, a couple games that that stood out to me, <laughs> I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, uh, Voca Volantis. Um, okay. Vocabolantis. Uh, it's kind of a game that has this really interesting uh, art style because it's essentially a video game that was done in stop motion. And mm-hmm. um, it just looks kind of cool. And, uh, uh, my girlfriend came home when I was watching the, the stream and she was like, what's on the TV? It's really creepy because, you know, the, the kind of creepy stop motion, all the characters had like no mouths, but yeah. it looked like a little kind of platformer. It was giving me kind of like the limbo-y vibes a little bit. But I think a game that does something like that artistically, even if the game itself is just an average platformer, I think that can elevate the game to be something that I want to play. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so that that one stood out. Another game uh, was Soup Pot. Uh, have you heard of this game? No. 
Uh, it's basically like Cooking Mama. Uh, if Cooking Mama was real recipes and it wasn't the one that like stole your data that just was released on the Switch. <laughs> yes. But it's like teaching you how to make real recipes. I think it was like uh, uh, Filipino recipes, uh, the Japanese recipes, and different types of like region-specific uh, food that uses actual recipes, and you have to cook it. Um, and I think that could be something that I don't know if I'd play it necessarily, but like that's just a cool way. I think a video game that can teach you to do something, um, no matter what, like that can apply to the real world. If they can gamify yeah. it in an interesting way, that's pretty cool. Um, no, totally. And then. One that I really seem to be interested in uh, is this game called Toem. Uh, have you heard of Toem before? I have not. Uh, it's basically this top-down game that uh, looks. It, it kind of it's like a black and white game, top-down, like uh, forced perspective. Like what is that? I don't know what the. Uh, I know. What There's you're a name about. for it. It looks like Diablo. I'm going to say Diablo. Like, look Diablo, at the Hades, yeah. Um, um, but uh, it's essentially you're walking around like that, but then you can go up to any place and press a button, and then it goes into a different like first-person mode, and you can take pictures of that 2D world. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of like the Pokemon Snap meets like kind of like, a, like an adventure-y kind of game. It just looks like something that would be pretty interesting that if the right circumstances presented itself, I, I definitely want to play that. Sure, sure. Isometric isometric yes isometric <laughs> yeah, I people are probably screaming it. that at dude radios. i know i know the radios um, they're all gathered around with the <laughs> <laughs> with the little antenna going up yeah um, they got the fdr fireside chats after this that they're going to be listening to <laughs> oh you see what's yeah. going on in the government you know um, <laughs> in the world right Today, there was two other conferences that I quickly uh, uh, kind of went through the gorilla collective um, i missed i missed both of these by the way yeah, and it, for this one, it was just a lot of games, um, and yeah. a lot of them were games that we saw at some point uh, before, uh, whether it was an earlier directs or whatever they were, um, but a couple ones that, that stood out to me as being kind of interesting, uh, Road 96, I believe this was in a Nintendo Direct, uh, one of the indie ones a while ago, it's like a procedurally generated story game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they showed another trailer of that, and like, if if the game really is like not just a, a like a very surface level adventure story, it can be pretty interesting to like, you know, you get, have to decide if you get in a car or don't get in a car, and sometimes if you get in the car, bad things happen to you, or this kind of conversation happens. Like, I don't know if if it's written in a way that is engaging, it could be pretty interesting. Um, the, they also showed Hello Neighbor Two, which uh, looked to be like a bigger open world than hello neighbor and it looked to me like it was a much more like solidly put together thing uh basically they were like highlighting the fact that the ai is going to learn from not only you but everyone uh -huh. who plays the game so like eventually if you if you keep using the same path to get around people it'll eventually like change what the enemy's path is so that won't work on them anymore Big i can't stuff I can't play those games. Uh, they just, or I guess just the one. Uh, it stresses me out too much. <laughs> like, that's the kind and, of game I would have liked in high school when mm. I really like to be, like, terrified, but it just, it's too stressful for me. Well, and the thing that really bothers me about Hello Neighbor, and I would hope that it's better in Hello Neighbor 2, but I doubt it based on the trailer, uh, is that how uh, obtuse some of the puzzles are. Yeah. Like, it reminded me very much of the old-school point-and-click adventure games, like the original Monkey Islands and stuff like that, that, like, you mm -hmm. have to, like, use a strategy guide or something in order to find out what to do. 
um, rather than just discovering it on your own based on logic. So yeah, um, there was also another game uh, that they were talking about, uh, kind of like a team-based uh, third-person shooter game called Ramen. And basically, it was all like food based, like game modes and stuff like that. Like one of them was like you had to like like capture a meatball, and when you got in the meatball, it was like a Katamari Damacy game that you like rolled it around and tried to like get in in a goal and avoiding other people from throwing their food at you. So it was like That's this awesome. like massive food fight game. Um, and you know, I another game in the line of like the uh, the knockout city type of thing. One of those types of sure. games that if yeah. it hits right, um, the the fact that you're it's base, it's food based and like they seem to be really playing up on that. It could be fun if if it turns out to be a good one. But um, yeah, I mean, a, a couple of good things here and there, but uh, you know, nothing at this thing that I like drop my jaw and being like, I gotta play this tomorrow. A lot of like yeah. indie smaller stuff, but. Um, Still some interesting games, all the same. Yeah, hit me with the uh, what you thought of the Wholesome Direct as well. <laughs> so just uh, they had this Wholesome Direct, uh, and just to like get you the tone of this, the the pre-show, like you know how they sometimes have like a countdown and like trailers playing. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. someone playing soft piano music with white gloves. Oh. <laughs> so like if we're talking about like like legitimately, this was like the place to go if you want games that are kind of relaxing and cute. And they yeah. had, I think they 77 some games that they were talking about that were quote unquote wholesome and cute. Um, one of them uh, th- th- is one that you talked about before was the Skatebird game. Skatebird. It has a release date now, baby. Uh, it's August 13th, I think. I mean, uh, it's coming. Justin, Justin. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm leaning in close. Yeah. Listener, you can't see this, but I'm quite close to my camera. That's got game of the year potential. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. I'm not. Justin, look at my face. How not kidding I am. You look really. That's, you look pretty serious. Uh, it has game of the year potential for me. So how they went about this game in the you should watch it. How they went about this game was uh, they they were talking about how when you're playing like a skateboarding game, there's so many button impre- like things that you have to do that can be very yeah. complicated. And they said, unfortunately, this game has a lot of those same button presses and it's pretty complicated. But we have designed it so there are options to make it easier for you to play. Um, oh, if awesome. you don't want to move your fingers around so much. So he, he'd be like, say you don't want to move too much with your right thumb. Uh, you can click on these two things, and then instead of having to like press three different buttons to do two different things, you just press one button, and it does all three of the things in a pretty easy way. And they actually were, like, were showing like some of the accessibility options for it, uh, how to make it easier to play, which... Um, Again, in a, a, a conference that was talking solely about, uh, you know, like wholesome and nice games, it was just like a nice thing that they that they were going over. Thanks. Um, another cool game, uh, and I'm not 100 percent sure this was at the sizzle reel at the end. I think it's is that what they call them sizzle reel, like fire. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was called Lego Builder's Journey, and it reminded me of like a Captain Toad looking game, but with Lego characters. Um, okay. And like the the art style's awesome. It's like almost looks like live Lego pieces, um, like live like real Lego pieces, yeah. not like video game stuff uh, that you're like moving around and trying to solve these puzzles to get your character to the other side of the little puzzle. Um, hmm. So that looked really cool. And there's another little game. It was called Letters, which was a visual novel sort of. And the game is basically you writing to a pen pal. 
Um, and the way you input with the game is you're this little 2D character that's running through the text of the letter. And she can hmm. attack, or like press buttons to like, quote unquote, attack or change letters to it. So you have to try to solve problems with your pen pal or whatever based on how you approach if you're being honest, serious, whatever. And you do that by like punching the words and changing what they are. It just looks like cool. a, an interesting way of, of going about a visual novel that it could be more than just a visual novel if they have some kind of like combat thing based off of it which looked pretty sure. cool um and then um i'm ashamed this game i knew i did not know this game existed uh but this is going to be not only probably my game of the year um but it's going to be my game of the show the the game of e3 happened in the wholesome direct and it was paparazzi paparazzi now justin now peter do you like taking pictures of things yeah uh, sure yes yeah, yeah. do yes. you like dogs I'm a fan. I'm a fan of dogs. Do you like yes. taking pictures of dogs? I will be honest with you. Probably 90% of my phone's camera roll is just pictures of my dogs. <laughs> doing mundane, well, then you will everyday things. Paparazzi, because it is Pokemon Snap meets dogs. That's Imagine that. Awesome. <laughs> like a town filled with dogs. They're like sitting at cafe bars, like eating a puppuccino together. You just get up to them, take a picture of them being good boys and girls. Uh, it, it is it, I, 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 it, like hyperbole aside. This looks like it could be a fun little cute game that if you like dogs a little bit, uh, it could be pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. That's actually dope. I know. I was I was a fan of it, but um ton of great games in there um, uh, that were of the wholesome variety, but those were just a couple ones that stood out for me. And that kind of ended the uh, pre-E3-based coverage for today. Yeah, so let's talk, like, E3 proper. So today... The main event. Uh, so today there were, there were two things at E3 and then one thing uh, separate. So the two E3-centric things were the Ubisoft Forward from this afternoon and then the Gearbox conference... Uh, and then there was, apart from E3, there was a Devolver Digital conference as well. Uh, I, I want to start, let's talk about this in chronological order. Let's, and, and Justin, I'll be honest with you, I don't have actually a whole lot to say about any, about all three of these. <laughs> uh, let's start with the Ubisoft. Was there anything really that stuck out to you? Okay, so. Yeah. Ubisoft. I do have to say. This was by far the best conference of the season of conferences so far. And sure. I don't mean because of the content, but because of how the games were displayed and the, the mm -hmm. like formality of it. It just seemed like yeah. a really well put together conference. Um, they had like two hosts that were there that weren't just like casually talking. They clearly were reading scripts and stuff, but they seemed natural and nice. Um, yeah. And uh, they introduced the games and they would show a trailer of a game. Then they might show like a developer talking about that game and then maybe showing like some specific highlighted gameplay of the game several times throughout yeah. it. So like I felt like after watching this conference, I understood the things that they were talking about. Mm -hmm. I understood like the the new stuff that was being announced. I just didn't necessarily care about many of these games. That's the problem. It was like this did a really good job of making people be like, oh okay, and then <laughs> like, oh okay. Uh, I mean, they they show. I think the highlight for sure was the showcase of the new rainbow. No, extraction. Wait, it's called. Rainbow Six Extraction, which was the Tom Clancy alien zombie kind of thing. And I have 
Zero thoughts about that. Well, wasn't <laughs> it called the, Pandemic, first of all, at one point? It was. It was. Yeah. And then they wisely changed that. But uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about Rocksmith Plus. Are you familiar with Rocksmith at all? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you know what Rocksmith well, is? Uh, is that the one where you learn how to play guitar, right? Yeah. So, like, they're... Back in the day, there was like Guitar Hero and Rock Band, but those like as someone who plays guitar, uh, they're very unnatural to play if you actually know how to play the instrument because like they use sort of similar shapes to what you might know, but there's no translation really. So Rocksmith is a cool way to teach you how to play guitar and teach you how to play like actually play the guitar because there was like a cable that you hooked up. I hooked up to my Xbox 360. I had Rocksmith 2014 edition that you plug into your guitar and like it can teach you different skills and, and stuff like that, which is cool in concept. But in practice, it didn't really work very well uh, mm. for whatever reason. It just didn't pick up guitars particularly well. So like it just was not as seamless as you might hope. Now that was again, the 2014 version and they are doing this new uh, rocksmith plus, which is like a PC version of that where you can hook it up to your phone and your phone can be used as a speaker. So like if you're playing an acoustic guitar, it can listen to you and, mm. and, or like a, an electric guitar with an amp and you don't, if you don't want to like plug directly into a computer. And, um, I don't think that's going to work, work uh, very well. <laughs> I am fine with being surprised about that. And I know this is like not the takeaway everyone should have from this Ubisoft thing, but I was just, I was watching it being like, is that going to work? It might. And who knows? It might, I might be eating my socks, but like (laughs) it it was, I was watching it and there were some cool things about programming your own tablature and stuff, which I think is actually quite cool because there's not a lot of like super user friendly software for that, but it was not looking particularly realistic to me so i will be interested to see if they can actually make it work yeah i always i'm like one of those people that when the original rocksmith came out i was like man i can learn how to play guitar but like i think people have to look at themselves and be like it's not the fact that the the thing you want to learn is not a video game and that's not why you're not learning how to play guitar like if you put the same amount of effort into learning and perfecting rocksmith into actually learning how to play guitar you could probably learn how to play guitar right Precisely. You know, like there, there, there's probably bigger barriers in your life if you don't want to play guitar the the traditional way rather than just waiting for the expensive video game to buy. Uh, that's going to, mm-hmm. you know, you're hoping is going to be a cure-all, but it's not. Um, and yeah. the, the thing I like to compare to that is the Ring Fit Adventure. Like when Ring Ex- Fit came exactly out, I was like, thing. this is going to video gamify working out. I did it like four times and I'm like, you know what? I don't like this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, it's a good idea and I'm going to be hopeful that this is the one because what if, what if this is the thing, this, I'll say this, there was a lot in there that I was like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And then they started showing like how it was going to work. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work so well. (laughs) Um, it is the kind of thing that I might take a look at when it comes out to, to see if the technology has gotten better to the point where it actually works as opposed to my experiences with it before where it just didn't quite line up super well. And I think that was a big announcement, um, regardless. Like, it was a big thing yeah. that came out, like, right? Um, yeah. I think that was new b- besides leaks. And, uh, Peter, let me tell you, this uh, Ubisoft and leaks are probably some of the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ubisoft is more, f- is more full of holes than those people in the bottom of the boat in that Far Cry trailer. Hey! Oh, wow. Hey. <laughs> but, okay, um, they're not real. They're not real. It's video games. Um, but, uh, the, the leaks though, like 
Mario plus Rabbids, that would have been a huge probably thing if it wasn't leaked ahead of time and like confirmed right. ahead of time. And like, and this was like the morning, like this morning, like is when I saw all this stuff happening. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the Mario plus Rabbids, uh, I was hoping in my heart when that was playing that it would be like a third person shooter. Mm-mm. Still, it's uh, not. It's it's still, still like kind of tactical kind of stuff, and I like yeah. the first one fine. Um, I I got like heard maybe it was good half to three quarters of the way through of it. I just don't like those tactical games, and the fact that I got as far as I did in that game tells you that it's probably a pretty good one of those, or sure good one of those for me. But it's so it's so funny, right. and like you could tell, like even when the developers were talking about it in the conference, like I would just want to be at, I would want to work at that studio. <laughs> like they just seemed to be yeah. having a lot of fun. Like the one guy had the gun, and he was about to like he was like aiming it, and then like off camera, like the woman like takes it off camera, like and they redo mm-hmm. the shot. Like it was like just it seemed like a fun a fun little thing. But um, overall, that game uh, looks fun. It looks beautiful. Yeah. One might say too beautiful for a regular Nintendo Switch, but. Um, I, we're running out of time to get an announcement about any new Switch. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? I, I thought that might have come at the uh, Summer Games Fest. Yeah, just I thought it. that was yeah. Just say it, but just drop but, a drop a tweet. Guess what, guys? Before our <laughs> Nintendo Treehouse Live today, new Switch coming out November twenty second. Right. Boom! Drop that mic. Imagine what if? But anyway, anyway, can we talk about Far Cry real quick? Sure. Uh, I, I really like Far Cry 3. That is the only Far Cry game that I... And Blood Dragon, but uh, those are the only two that I really like at all. Um, I've Did you play 4 and 5? I played a little bit of 4. I skipped 5 because I was like, I can't get on board with the, like, the fact that they're just not going to choose a side of what they're trying to talk about. You know what I mean? Like It, just, it was yeah. a mess, in my opinion, um, in terms of like a message. Uh, Far Cry 6 looks good to me, but it's, I, I like um, Juan Carlo Esposito. I think that's his name, right? Giancarlo, right? Yeah. I, I think he's a, a great actor, and I am excited to see him in this. So I'm interested in this one. Uh, the, the trailer they showed looked cool, looked fine. There was no gameplay, but it's going to be Far Cry, so they don't really need to do it. But there's this season pass, and, and recently they've come out, Ubisoft has come out and said, like, we are interested in making our games a little bit more live servicey. And I think that's absolutely reflected in this press conference. I mean, with them talking about, we are going to be doing more than just two DLCs for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We're going to have seasonal events and all this sort of stuff, which makes sense if that's the direction they want to go. I personally don't love that direction because I like a more, I don't know. I like single player play at once experiences, but that's just me. I know that not everyone's the same way, but this season pass for far cry six like has you playing certain sections as the bad guys from the other far cry games and are they known for having really good bad guys i thought voss was just a good villain and he wasn't even the main villain in in far cry 3 he dies like two quarters of the way through the story and then like there's some other guy do you know what i'm talking about yeah i I think i think they're one of the things is that their their villains are kind of at the center of these games yeah Um, like as much as you want to say these games are like political commentary i think they are uh, to a point, but I also think that they use real life political events to come up with these quote unquote dictators or leaders or mm-hmm. uh, enemy mm-hmm. kind of things um, that are the, the the focus of the story. So you get like a different flavor. Like Joseph Seed was the religious uh, uh, person from Far Cry Five, the uh, religious what do they call that uh, extremist Zealot? or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what? No, it's a cult. It's a cult. He was a cult leader. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. 
then you had Pagan Min in the other game, um, who was probably one of the highlights of Far Cry 4. Um, yeah. I believe Troy Baker did that. Um, mm-hmm. as being this kind of like op like the opposition, not, not even opposition leader, he was like the royalty or whatever. Um yeah. and uh his relationship with you as the main character is kind of interesting, and I like that. Um, and then uh, obviously Voss is like one of the more like famed character villains, uh, yeah. uh I think in, in gaming and stuff. Um, so I, I think it'd be pretty interesting to like get more of their stories and get more of like what drives them and what bothers them and what demons haunt them. Um, mm-hmm. even if it is like kind of a very drug induced way, because, um, I think they had some of these in the other Far Cry games, but some of the best parts about Far Cry five, uh, were the kind of like hallucination sections that you had, hmm. um, in which you, uh, got into these really like kind of trippy, uh, like very mythical, realms uh that you were playing through um because sure. one of the the leaders of that actually was like use drugs to like weaponize people and like make them crazy so whenever you interact with her it'd almost be like you're being haunted by a witch but it was really just the uh seed s- sister sibling wife whatever but yeah okay um so yeah i think it's I, I i think those are interesting characters and i think anyone who's played those games are interested by those characters yeah so having more content with them you're playing off the fans' likes, and if you know yeah. season passes or people usually probably purchased by fans, yeah, pretty great. Right. What do you think about how it looked? I thought it looked like like garbage on the stream. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if that's I don't know if that's because of the stream or my internet connection or whatever. But yes, I, I would have to agree that I don't think yeah. it necessarily looked great. But I'm gonna give it to. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that it will look fine. Cross my fingers. It'll look good on the 4K TV, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the, talk about- the game itself, uh, the, the game itself, they had, like, uh, they were showing, like, how a lot of its, like, combat stuff had more of, like, cartoony. Like, one of your weapons was, like a like, a firework thing that you put on your back, like a murder fire or something like that. Right. And it looked a lot goofier than previous Far Cry games with like like straight off uh, off the bat like that, which is odd because that trailer we watched they are like establishing it to be like a very serious thing. And, right. and you don't then, hire Giancarlo Esposito to be funny. I mean, he, yeah, he probably can be, but yeah. but this is the same game in which I can have a little wiener dog in like a, a wheelchair, uh, yeah, like true. kill a yeah. person, like you know, like it's gonna be. It's I I'm I'm interested to see based on how serious these uh, trailers seem to be, how the game is actually gonna like feel. But yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about. So the next thing that happened was the Devolver conference. Devolver <laughs> is obviously a big publisher of of indie games, uh, and they were like pushing their. <laughs> Um, they were pushing this thing called Devolver Max Plus, uh, excuse me, the Devolver Max Pass Plus subscription service, which, so I was watching this whole thing with Elena and we're sitting there and as it's going on, they keep doubling down on this thing. And she goes, Devolver, I'm dumb. Do you have a subscription service or not? Because it's so over the top and it's called Devolver Max Pass Plus that it clearly is like making fun of these subscription services and it wasn't like i i don't know the way they were wording it to me wasn't initially clear that it was not a thing that they were just doing it for their because because they do you know over the top videos pretty frequently for these sorts of events and it was unclear to me that it was not a thing but other than that i didn't really see much that i had much to say about did you 
Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, like, Devolver has been, like, the anti-conference for as long as I can, like, I think 2016 or 17 was when they had their first conference. So whenever they had their first conference, it was basically mm-hmm. like the anti-E3 conference. Um, yeah. Made a parody, kind of like making fun of the video game industry, showing a couple games in between it. But I think that first conference is like 20 minutes long, and it's basically like a performance art piece. I thought it was. I thought the one for today was fun. Right, right. And like th- that's like kind of been their thing. Like they, they have like this big like movie production thing going on, but then they also like show a couple of their games because it's not like they have like thousands of games to fill like an hour or whatever but they go about like like doing these joking things um and like they're i gotta give credit to their marketing people because oh yeah they they have been going off on um on social media like they did things like a wario 64 uh friend of the show only in the fact that i use his twitter account almost every day (laughs) yeah um but he posted um an image uh like three days ago of uh the game demon throttle which is a game that devolver is releasing that you cannot buy digitally you can only physically buy it that's their that's the thing of this game yeah which is weird and funny but uh where 64 tweeted devolver accidentally faxed me this image with the file name physical only games.srg and begged me not to tweet it Hashtag sponsored tweet. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and like they were doing like for all of the announcements that they had, they were basically announced like already, but like they were just kind of like making a show of it. And um, even like Jeff Keeley, who was uh, this like beforehand was kind of be- being like when people were asking in the chat, being like, oh, it'll be big games. And he's going to be like, just you know, watch it and see. Like, if you don't know what Devolver, just watch. <laughs> like right. he knew what it was going to be, but it was weird. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I wasn't really excited by any of the games, but after watching it, I really did want to eat like a hot dog, chili dog kind of thing. Ooh, I would love a chili dog with them yeah. eating all that. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, to clarify, they are not doing a subscription service. They were joking about like, it's a free subscription to allow you to buy all of our games, which right. is clever. But in the moment, it, there's so much stuff <laughs> happening all at the same time that I was like, hold on, wait, like, I, cause I was for whatever reason, taking it at face value, being like, yeah. so they're doing a subscription and you're going to, yeah, anyway. Um, and it was a, like, it was a like 30 minute conference with about five yeah. minutes of material. That yes, was it. Yes. So it was fun. That's the right. kind of, it was, it, it, it was enjoyable, but m- maybe if it wasn't after a day of sitting in my chair since like 11 o'clock, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Finally, Justin, let's talk about Gearbox. Now, I don't, the fuck. The I don't fuck. love, I don't love Gearbox just in general like they're fine i don't i used to like borderlands when i was younger i've sort of grown out of it and it hasn't really grown up at all which is fine it doesn't need to but uh we got like 10 minutes of what's his name um randy pitchford randy pitchford walking around the borderlands set where i thought it was going to be like all right you know what fine let's get them all out here and i thought that we were going to like see the characters because they recently i think last week or earlier this week um showed like stills from the movie and it's just the silhouettes of all the characters which i thought was a cool yeah, teaser and, and, and i so thought funny. we we're gonna see them today yeah but the, it, they just fucking didn't it was just it was nothing it was absolutely nothing and they would talk about uh, like an actor but show like the the silhouetted like set image of them <laughs> like as, right instead yes. of like showing the actor in the costume um we got it we got a an awkward interview to end the show with kevin hart um yeah yeah uh, 
I don't know if that we'll sold see. me on the movie or on Gearbox or on Borderlands or on uh, really anything other than why am I no. watching this? Well, and then Gearbox, they just showed that they've got Homeworld 3 in the works, which, I mean, maybe I'm... <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know what Homeworld is really. It's, it seems an RTX game, but it, uh, an RTS game, excuse me, but uh, and then Tribes of Midgard, which is uh, yeah, they and, they for they teased Homeworld 3 three times throughout I pointed up two fingers. Three times throughout the press conference like yeah. and they would just show like footage from like Homeworld 1 and 2, a developer talking and being like Homeworld 3 in production. <laughs> yep. Which is cool. I mean, I guess if you've been waiting for it, but and then they showed Godfall the uh, the fact that it was getting a PS4 version. Yeah, that Godfall was, was one of those uh, PS5 reveal. exclusives that they, that like Sony was like pushing very hard for the PS5, and then when it came out, it was like sixes across the board. And then they're like, "We're doing Godfall PS4 version." It's like, oh, this will this will save the ship. And then also they're doing some DLC for it. I didn't play it, but it sounds sort of like I didn't wasn't missing a whole lot but <laughs> that's all i got that's all i i don't i really don't have much to say about gearbox because they didn't first of all show much of anything and then the parts that i thought we were going to see some of the borderlands movie and by that obviously they're still filming so like a trailer is probably a little too much to ask for but i thought we were going to see like i don't know someone in costume or something like that but yeah and just to be clear you never have you played um the borderlands games yeah, so I played Borderlands 1 and 2 uh, and then when I was in high school. And then I recently, m- before we got really into Apex, my Apex group of Josh and Alex, we were um, shopping around a few games. We tried out Borderlands 3. They both really got into it, and I it's just it doesn't do much for me. Like the loot and shoot, and I, I think the humor is so grating personally. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, I heard that's a good game to play with your friends on mute. Um, yes. Was that uh, the 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 Tiny Tina game? Did that? Wh- oh, it was like what Wonder? Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah, because it's like yeah, Borderlands. Uh, the fact that it said Andy Samberg got me. I was like, what? Wanda Sykes, Andy Samberg, and a butt stallion. Yeah. So I missed that joke. Am I gonna play that? No, probably not. I mean, it's just because I'm not like a big Borderlands fan. Um, and then the fact that it looks like. I thought it would be interesting if they changed it up and changed up what the actual gameplay was uh, to make it, you know, match D&D more. But it looks like they're just going to do for you know, Borderlands in a medieval. Yeah, it's like a medieval theme. Borderlands with the only difference is that you're fantasy instead of future space, right? Yeah, so. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, that's I, what I got I, for Gearbox. D- could have been an email. Did not need to be a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, day one at E3. Could have been an email. Yeah, oh, for sure, the whole thing, the whole <laughs> thing. Um, got anything else, Justin? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm hoping. I got, I got. Tomorrow should be a good day. It should. Tomorrow's be. gonna be a good one. I think, I think it'll be a good one. I mean, Microsoft alone, Microsoft Bethesda should be good, but I think Square Enix will have some great stuff, uh, interesting stuff at the very least. Um, uh, Monday, I'm a little worried about, but I'm also looking forward to uh, Nintendo, which is on Tuesday. <laughs> Um, and still waiting for them to shadow drop that new Nintendo Switch Plus. Yeah, I think we got some good stuff here on the horizon. So we will catch you tomorrow talking about a whole lot of stuff with the Xbox, Bethesda, and Square Enix, which I think will be, I think we're going to have a lot to say. I hope. That is that is my genuine hope. So until next time, always remember, old games are old. See you later.
Bye. <laughs>